This is the message from Connection Community Church for Sunday, December 1st, 2019. Glory foretold. Well, good morning, Connection Church. Good morning. morning. Welcome to our first Sunday of Advent 2019. As we explore the foretelling of God's glory that was ultimately revealed in Jesus Christ. Good morning, Connection Church. My name is Carrie Jones. I'm Alan Jones. And we are two sinners who have been saved by the grace of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. I'd like to also welcome those of you who are joining us on Facebook Live. We're so glad that you're here. I can see who some of you are, not everybody, but we've got Dot and Diane and Jeff and Stacy and Bob and Mary and Christine and We are one church, many locations, and it is wonderful to be together. I also have to kind of work this thing out because I'm all, that video just wrecks me. I don't know, in a good way, in a good way. Thank you guys for doing that. And um, I guess God wrecks me, so that's um, why I'm feeling kind of emotional. Would you pray with us, please? Almighty God, thank you so much for today. It's a day that you've made, and none of this is an accident. Everybody here, um, you knew long, long ago that we'd be sitting right here right now. So settle us in. Help us here, maybe for the first time or the hundredth time, your prophecies and what they mean in our lives and your goodness and grace. Settle us in. We give this time to you in the name of the Father and the Son and by the power of the Holy Spirit. Everybody agreed and said, amen. amen. Okay, so let's get serious. The Yogi Bear ball toss game. Yeah. That's the one I most clearly remember, the Christmas gift from my childhood. I don't know why, but that one, when I think about childhood, that comes into my mind, the Yogi Bear ball toss. Anybody else have one of those? See, that's why they quit marketing them. Nobody bought them. Okay. <laughs> I had other gifts I remember, like an electric guitar one year and some drums. And, you know, when I was a teenager, I still have those. The Yogi Bear ball toss is long gone. But it's kind of when I think back, the earliest recollection I have of a gift that, that I was just so looking forward to, that I hoped for, that I longed for. Yeah. A gift that even though it's long gone, it's the one I remember most clearly. And the truth is, it wasn't even that good once I got it, you know. It was light plastic, flimsy, tough to get the balls in that little mouth of Yogi. And when you got them in, the scoring didn't always work like it was supposed to. And the automatic ball return was certainly not very automatic. Okay, Yogi Bear ball toss wasn't all it was cracked up to be. And yet that's the one that I think about when I think about being a kid. All right, for me, check this video out. Oh, you get a video. Oh, chatty Cathy, oh, chatty Cathy, I'm a town saying a talking dog. We call the ring, and you say a bad and different thing. <laughs> Did anybody else have a chatty Cathy? How many were blonde? How many blonde? Wow. Okay. How many brunette chatty Cathy's? There you go. There I you just go. love Chatty Kathy. For those of you who are like a lot younger than me, she had this string and you just pulled it and she talked to you. And 
Oh my goodness, Chatty Kathy. Well, what about you? What is your favorite kind of gift that you think about from your past? Have you waited for? Have you expected? Have you anticipated something? Now, really what we're talking about is something much greater than Yogi Bear ball toss or even a Chatty Kathy. Sorry, Alan. <laughs> but something with perhaps greater consequences or significance than those two. It could be a relationship. It could be that engagement ring that finally, you know, you're presented with. It could be waiting for a child. It could be something that would change the course of your entire life. Is there some Christmas gift in your past that you just couldn't live without? You so look forward to getting. And you not only requested it, but you expected it and anticipated it, and nothing and absolutely nothing would ever fill that spot adequately. Mm. Advent, the church season that begins today, is all about waiting. Talking about waiting. It's all about waiting. Waiting with expectation. Waiting with anticipation. It's the four weeks of the year, as the Parker shared in the video, so admirably, by the way, during which we prepare our hearts, minds, and souls, four weeks during which we expectantly wait for the coming of the Christ child. It's like when we were kids, we told Santa what we wanted, and then we waited and waited and waited until Christmas Day seemed like it was going to be forever. Big difference here, though. Many times, the gift we got back then didn't quite measure up to our expectations when it was all said and done, like my Yogi Bear ball toss. <laughs> In the case of Advent, Jesus delivers more than we could possibly have anticipated. Our expectations are more than met in the one whose birth we're waiting for. You know, waiting for Jesus isn't anything new. In fact, way back um, at the actual birth of Christ away in the manger, the people had been waiting not for days or weeks or months or years or even decades. The people, the Hebrew people, had been waiting for centuries, hundreds of years for the one who would be born in Bethlehem. And they were waiting for these Old Testament prophecies that we read about in the scripture to be fulfilled. Old Testament prophecies of the Messiah coming, the anointed one, the one who was coming to save them. The Old Testament is full of these prophecies of the prophecies, these messages of things to come spoken by someone, a prophet, on behalf of God. According to a Christian Broadcast Network, an online article entitled Biblical Prophecies Fulfilled by Jesus, the Old Testament, written hundreds of years before the birth of Christ, contains over 300 prophecies that Jesus fulfills through his birth, life, death, and resurrection. The article points out that mathematically speaking, the odds of anyone fulfilling this number of prophecies are staggering. Check out these odds. One person fulfilling eight prophecies, it's a one chance in 10 to the 18th power. That's a one with 18 zeros. Remember high school math now? Yeah, with those powers and everything. The odds of a person fulfilling 48 prophecies, the chances of that are one 
chance in 10 to the 157. That's the one with 157 zeros. The next one, the 300 prophecy, a guy in between services shared this with me. He uh, read some work by uh, an astrophysicist who was a, an atheist who came to Christ after going out to prove uh, that it was all false. Of course, he came back. He said the odds of one in 300 prophecies are like filling, covering the United States with quarters and then stacking them to the moon. And one quarter has a little red dot, and that's in the middle of all those, and being able to pull that out. That's the odds of one in 300 prophecies. Isn't that incredible? In other words, the odds of that are only God knows, right? That's right. Only God knows. Staggering number. Reminds us of just how in control, just how powerful God is. How God, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years ahead of time, knows exactly what's coming, what's happening and what will happen. You know, as the song many of us learned as kids goes, he's got the whole world in his hands. Not all of the prophecies specifically deal with the, the birth of Christ, but, but a lot do. And so let, we're going to take a look at those particular prophecies and why they're important. And as the people looked ahead for the one who was coming to save them, the one who would be king, the one whose birth we celebrate this Christmas season. So here's what the prophet Micah said. Micah is in the, in the Old Testament, and we're going to share from the message, which is a paraphrase by Eugene Peterson. Check this out. But you, Bethlehem, David's country, the runt of the liver, lit, liver, wow, litter, <coughs> from you will come the leader who will shepherd rule Israel. He'll be no upstart, no pretender. His family tree is ancient and distinguished. Meanwhile, Israel will be in foster homes until the birth pangs are over and the child is born, and the scattered brothers come back home to the family of Israel. He will stand tall in his shepherd role by God's strength, centered in the majesty of God revealed. And the people will have a good and safe home, for the whole world will hold him in respect, peacemaker of the world." I love the way Peterson paraphrases this, uh, this passage of Scripture. From the prophecy, the people knew that the one they were waiting for would come from the same place as David, Bethlehem. Small place, run of the litter, as Peterson says. And he would rule, not as a warrior, not like David did, but as a shepherd, gentle and caring. He would rule with God's strength centered in the majesty of God revealed, God revealed through him, Jesus. He would be, say with me, peacemaker. Say peacemaker. Peacemaker. Peacemaker of the world. And the incredible part is that the prophet Micah lived 700 years before the birth of Jesus. 700 years in advance. God was sharing with God's people through Micah what was coming. I mean, that just blows my mind. That's a long time to prepare, to prepare, to expect, to anticipate. A long time to wait. Mm. 
think about that. The Hebrew people were waiting and waiting and waiting until these prophecies were, would be fulfilled in Bethlehem by the one who was from and in the family tree of David, the lineage of David. God revealed in the flesh, peacemaker of the world. Absolutely beyond imagination. Our granddaughter does this. She goes like, and that's what it feels like when I think about how this whole thing happened. Hmm. Even more incredible is the fact that Mary and Joseph lived not in Bethlehem, but in Nazareth, which is 80 miles away. Check out what brought them to Bethlehem. In those days, a decree went out from Emperor Augustus, that's Caesar Augustus, that all the world should be registered. This was the first registration and was taken while Quirinius was governor of Syria. All went to their own towns to be registered. Joseph also went up, I'm sorry, also went from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea to the city of David called Bethlehem because he was descended from the house and family of David. He went to be registered with Mary to whom he was engaged and who was expecting a child. And while they were there, the time came for her to deliver her child. And she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in bands of cloth and laid him in a manger because there was no place for them. Where? In the inn. So not only did God know 700, well, God knew from the get-go, but not only did God share 700 <coughs> years in advance where this birth would take place, God knew that Caesar Augustus would be calling a census that would require Mary to and Joseph to travel 80 miles from home. Now remember, no cars, trains, or automobiles. This was like on foot or on animal, and so she would have to give birth there. 80 miles. God had this all figured out. I mean, when you think about it, when you really think about it, isn't it mind-blowing? Absolutely. I just look at this and I think, how can we not believe when we see from day one how this whole thing comes together? God is beyond understanding. And God, this is just so God. Hmm. God also used another prophet, Isaiah, who lived about the same time as Micah, to tell the people about the coming of God's Son. Check it out from Isaiah 4, 4, 7, 14. Therefore, the Lord himself will give a sign, will give you a sign. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son and will call him, say it with me, Emmanuel. And so Mary and Joseph were engaged, and at that time the engagement was like marriage without sharing the marriage bed. And as such, the child that she carried was fathered not by Joseph, but by the Holy Spirit. Thus, the name Emmanuel, which means God with us. And God shared this information with the people 700 years in advance, how this whole thing would come to be, again, absolutely amazing. Two chapters later, still in Isaiah, in chapter 9, 
God shares even more through this prophet. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, say it with me, Prince of Peace, yeah. Of the greatness of his government and peace, there will be no end. He will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness from that time on and forever. The zeal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish this. Yeah. This is one of the most well-known scriptures because of Handel's Messiah. You know, for unto us a child is born, a son is given. I just, I love the Messiah, Handel's Messiah, and to even sing that is just so, so meaningful. These Old Testament prophecies that focus on, on the birth of Jesus, wonderful counselor, mighty God, everlasting father, prince of peace, and he will sit on David's throne. Jesus, the son of David, the David we're talking about, you know, little boy David that killed Goliath, David who was the king of Israel. But this reign of Jesus was very different than the reign of David, and that kind of upset a lot of people because some expected Jesus to govern like David governed. David was a warrior king, king an earthly king, and Jesus' kingship was heavenly. Jesus' kingship, rather than warrior, he was, is the prince of peace. The enemy Jesus came to conquer was Satan. And he battled for us. He battles for us, for our very souls. Your soul and my soul. And even though the prophet Micah speaks of the future king sitting on David's throne, Jesus was king of all humankind. There's a difference there between David and Jesus, and Jesus' battle was one of cosmic proportions. And so what we've shared are just a couple of the more than 300 Old Testament prophecies that point to Jesus. We encourage you to check them out and open your Bibles. If you want some help with that, maybe go online. Prophecies pointing to Jesus. Makes for some interesting reading. The question then becomes, like it usually does when we get to this point in the message, so what? Nice little biblical history lesson, Alan and Carrie, but why are these prophecies so important? Why did we spend your valuable morning looking back at these Old Testament readings that point to the coming Christ? I actually have been pondering that question for the last week. Why? Why is this so important, this whole 700-year thing? Well, the importance of the prophecies for us is that through them, we know that the birth of Jesus didn't just happen. God didn't say, oh, I think today we'll have Jesus. I mean, it was planned centuries and centuries God decided at the appointed time, in the appointed place, to impregnate Mary, to hold, to bear, to birth, 
the Savior of the world. What a planned pregnancy. Now, some of us might have tried that a time or two. My ultimate planned pregnancy was, Devin, I'm sorry, I should have called you and asked you about this, but it, you know, it's but my it's, deal, not yours. It's fact. It's fact. So Alan and I always wanted a large family, and we had Aaron and Megan, and we thought, oh, let's have Wouldn't another baby. Wouldn't it be great baby. to have a Devin? Wouldn't it be great to have a Devin? And so I thought, hmm, let's see. I was a nurse in Salisbury, and I was scheduled to work Thanksgiving, Christmas, and New Year's. A trifecta. Devin was born on November 16th. I was able to avoid all that work. That's and pretty I good timing, Devin. isn't it? Devin says, yeah, I was just born, so you didn't have to work holidays. That is not yeah. true, but it was well-timed. <laughs> hmm. You know... All joking aside, God planned this pregnancy of Mary to the max. God knew long, long ago at the beginning of time that we needed a Savior. We need a Savior, and God cares too much for you or for me to just let it happen, just make it feel random. God knew exactly where and when and how centuries before it came to pass so that we could see how God did this. And here's the thing that it told me. This is what it came, came to for me. What it told me is that everything is in God's control. My life is in God's control. Your life is in God's control. Your circumstances, your situation, your health, your relationships, your kids, your job, your finances, all that is under God's control. This is what that tells me. This is what that teaches me. And I hope that you see, that, see it the same way. Everything is under God's control. God with us, even when we don't feel it. Faith is not about feeling. Faith is about standing on the rock no matter what. Belief in things unseen. Oh, I just don't feel it. That is not what, that's just wimpy. Really, honestly, we need to just say, we need to draw a line in the sand and say, this is what I believe no matter what, because it's the truth. God is with us no matter what, neither depth nor height, nor angels nor principalities. Nothing can separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus. And that's what we learn from seeing how God mastermind for our benefit Jesus' birth. And so just as you didn't just happen, your birth was no accident, neither was the birth of Jesus Christ. And God shared with God's people what was coming, who was coming, years in advance, centuries ahead of time. And then they waited. <laughs> and they waited. And some of them waited and waited and waited. Interesting, though, maybe you found this. I know we have. Waiting just seems to be a very important part of the important things in life, doesn't it? It often involves waiting. With great expectation and anticipation, 
They waited just as we wait for those Christmas gifts that we so desperately long for. Come thou long expected Jesus. We sing as we wait for, long for the one who comes to save us. And so as you wait for the birth of Jesus this year, what are your expectations? What is it in your life that needs saving? What gift can Jesus give you this year that will transform your life and bring you ever closer to God, ever closer to being the person that God intended when God first thought of you so long, long, long ago? Come thou long expected Jesus, glory foretold. That's the good news. Let's believe it. Let's live it. Let's pray. The most holy God. Wow, it's, it's tough kind of for us to wrap our brain around it. All these prophecies and all being lived out in the person of Jesus Christ. And yet, it's true and you are beyond what we can even begin to imagine, Lord. And Lord, as we wait this year, I pray that we will we will we will we'll look to you for what Christ will bring. That Christ will bring each of us new life. Each of us will realize ever more intently you and your will in our lives that through our waiting for Christ we will get ever closer to you and that person that you intended when you first thought of us Lord as we wait for Jesus help us to get ever closer in relationship with him for those who don't know that relationship a first step or two for those who do another step closer and another step closer. Come thou long expected Jesus and be born in us today. It's in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit we pray in All Connection Church said, Amen. Thank you for joining us for our podcast. For more information about Connection Community Church in Middletown, Delaware, please visit our website at justshowup.church. You can also call our church offices at 302-378-7692. Connection Community Church, connecting people with Jesus and the life he offers.